This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to The Love Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! podcast usually I talk to players that have either finished their career or very close to but yourself you're still very much at the beginning yeah it's just the beginning for me um I'm quite fortunate that my first in football started quite early so I'm, I'm still 21 and I think I've got plenty more years to come so um it, I appreciate for the invite so I'm happy to do it so fantastic yeah we've got loads to talk about as you said you've been around for quite some years but we'll start right at the beginning so I will ask you when you were growing up who was your favorite football team or who were your favorite football team and who were your football heroes yeah my my favorite football team growing up and um basically it still is it, it's a uh, FC Barcelona uh, and my favorite player was Ronaldinho back in the day because just the things he was doing with the ball it was it was magic um and then obviously he passed the number 10 to Messi and now he's my favourite player and um, I think he's the greatest of all time as well. So uh, that that's still my favourite team to watch. They've done all yeah. right, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> I, I, I saw, I was very lucky to see Messi and Ronaldinho play in the same team when I went to oh, watch wow. Barcelona, Barcelona. But Ronaldinho was very much coming to the end of his superpowers and he would yeah. try, what, 20 stepovers, but saw one... <laughs> one successful one and it was amazing it was worth it <laughs> it was worth it yeah <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen him once as well um, me and my family went for holidays to Barcelona and uh, it was the last season when Pep Guardiola was still there so I think that was the prime of that team uh, when he was still there after he was gone it wasn't the same and yeah, I think they won like 5 nil or something 5-1 and that, that was amazing to see as well um, it's just the different level when when you see them in person it's it's um, something special 
I, I know I work with and I'm friends with quite a few people from Eastern Europe and I know a few people from the Balkans as well and the Liga certainly seems quite popular and they very rarely say that they support a team within the country where they grew up. Is there a reason for that? Is it more accessible, like lots of Spanish football on TV or is, is the standard in Slovenia in your case not that great or is it just the fact that these are mega, mega great players? Yeah, I think with just the uh, well, all the all the countries in Balkan, they're pretty small uh, compared to like the bigger countries in Europe. So obviously the level of football it's not going to be that great. So you're going to have people like cheering on the local teams, um, but on uh, it's not really on television. Um, I mean, re- in recent years, the the first division in Slovenia um, has been covering like quite a few games on telly. Uh, but a couple of years ago, it, it wasn't like that. So they would just show like La Liga, Premier Liga, uh, Bundesliga. Basically, we have like all probably top five, six, seven European leagues on telly all the time. So like over the weekend, you can turn on and there's definitely going to be like five football matches on. So we just watch all of the European leagues, really. And then um, it just depends who you like more. I know older generations, they prefer like Italian teams because like 20 years ago, that was the hardest league in the world. Mm. And now the younger guys, they prefer Real Madrid or Barcelona uh, just because of Ronaldo and Messi. It's hard to say that your favourite team is from, from Slovenia just because the level is not that great. Maybe Maribor is only only individual team that played in Europe in recent years and they have quite quite big support. But other than that, mo- most people are going to say someone from England or Germany or Spain, Spain. So that's just how it is here. Um, it's, it's a bit different in England. I think English football, especially with the rich history, every club has quite a big fan base um, through the leagues, like League One, League Two. You're gonna have big teams that like play Championship or even Premier League, like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And then it just goes through the family. Like if you support Swindon, for example, your kids are probably going to support Swindon. It's not going to be like they're going to support Chelsea or someone like that. I mean, they're still going to watch Premier League and they're going to support Chelsea, but Swindon is the main team just because they're local. So I think the the local communities in England have a bigger uh, impact on the clubs. uh, Where in Slovenia, it's just uh, it's more like USA, America, where. You're gonna have Laker, uh, Los Angeles Lakers fans through the whole country. Mm. Um, that's how it is in Slovenia. We just support all the biggest teams and then uh, hope they win Champions League and watch that competition. Uh, it's a bit different when it comes to the national team. That's where it really gets. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you say? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have fights and all, <laughs> all, all sorts when it comes to the national team. <laughs> Especially like with being one country, like Yugoslavia before and now, it's all different little small countries, and it's like big rivalries. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, it can get nasty. So, but it's it's fun for the sport. I think it just gives it a bit bit of a spark when when you play one of them, a different nation from the same area. It's uh, it's always. Uh, a bit extra to it so as you mentioned there slovenia is in the balkans it's surrounded by italy yeah. croatia austria and hungary so big football countries for you <laughs> what what are your earliest memories of playing football in slovenia well personally i started playing when i was about six um, i come from a really small place it's it's a it's a village basically it's like 700 800 people and um in my uh year of birth 98 it was just coincidence there was a lot of boys born 
So, like, obviously everyone knows everyone, and there was, like, six or seven boys in the same village, same age, and uh, everyone knows everyone, like I said, and our fathers used to play together, and they just said, we're just going to make a team out of them, and um, they hired a coach, and we just started playing when we were six years old, um, and then started going to the tournaments, and we just grew together and trained twice, three times a week, um, but then when I was about 10 I was standing out a little bit from the rest of the boys and um, we just decided I'm going to go to a bigger local team and that's when I made my first move but uh, even even before that like just watching football my, my, my uncle he used to play in the first division um, in Slovenia so we, we used to watch his games and um, support him um, I remember watching England in Austria I think that was before one of the tournaments, uh, I, I don't know if it was Euros or World Cup, but I know Darren Bent was playing that game and later <laughs> he was my teammate, so uh, I went there to watch it and I think England lost the game even though they scored all three goals. They scored like two own goals and obviously a goal for them uh, against Japan, I think. Um, I remember that. So, yeah, then I, then like I said, it was just local for a bit, a couple of years, three years. And then I went to the bigger team. They play in the first division now and they're doing pretty well. And I was there for like six years. And um, after that, I went to England, yeah. And of course, when you were a child, Slovenia went to the World Cup in 2010, playing in England, yeah. of course, as well. And yeah. um, so so what is, what is the standard of junior football like? As you said, there's loads of little communities and you have to go <laughs> to bigger clubs to play. But is the standard of coaching and ability generally quite good? I think uh, youth system is really good in Slovenia. Uh, not just in football, but in uh, in any sport, really. Mm. Uh, if if you look at the results, like we're one of fantastic country. Like every Olympics, like compared to the people, the amount of people that live in the country, we we're one of the highest, like in the ratio, mm. because there's only like two million people. So you're not gonna have a big base of the players you can choose from. Uh, but like, like like I said, we were European champions in basketball. We were second in handball in European Championship. Handball Championship just finished, and we were fourth. Um, so it's just like amazing results all over the all, all over the place. Like all bases, all different sports, like winter sports, uh, summer sports. So I think uh, when we have how do you say like is it PE in England yeah. like a sport in school? We just cover like all the sports really at the early age. So you touch bases with different sports and then as soon as they see you're good at something they just you kind of go in that direction so you can try a lot of things and then you just see what, what you're good at i think the coaching is is really good as well at young age and everyone plays football at the beginning and they just go from there like even when i played for the national team quite early when we were 16 like we played some some of the biggest uh, countries in the world and we beat them or we were like drawing them. But I think from 16 to 21, that's where the clubs in Slovenia don't have the resources, the training facilities, the equipment that some of the bigger European clubs, like for example, when I came to Derby, that's like a different galaxy compared to any club in Slovenia. So up to like 14, 15, 16, we are like on par with the biggest teams in the world, really. And then we just kind of lose the development and um that's when we that that's when you can see the difference and then obviously first team national team it's it's not really doing great so um i think that's something for the fa to look at like how the younger younger teams comparing with germany and england or whoever 
And then as they grow up to the first team and 21s, we're just kind of not there anymore. So I think that's that's the biggest gap between um, the bigger countries, uh, football-wise, and Slovenia. But up in like in the early ages, I think we're doing really uh, really good. There's also a lot of like you know street football in Slovenia, and especially in the Balkan area, like all the kids play at the street all the time. So we get like the technical abilities um, a bit more compared to England, I would say, where that's like missing a little bit. I think it's similar with like South American teams, not not just teams but players. Like they just play on the street all the time, so that's why they're technically so good. It's it's a bit similar here. Like when we were young, we would just play on in the street all day. So you just have to dribble, you have to do tricks or whatever, and then you carry that to the like big football. You touched on other sports as well, which really interests me because you you yourself you're a big basketball fan I think fellow Slovenian Luka Doncic is playing in the NBA at the moment with the Mavericks did you play a lot growing up yeah basketball is my second love let's say <laughs> um I mean I'm, I'm a really big basketball fan it's probably just the the pace of the game and um the athletes they have to be to like play at the high level the way they dunk and just fly across the court it's just amazing to me so yeah like I said in in school we we played a lot of that I was like playing for a team as well for a little bit uh, but then obviously football was my main and um, I had to stay low to that and I don't, I don't really have the height to play um, basketball not on a higher level not many of so, us yeah, yeah it's, it's one of them you have to be gifted you have to be born to to kind of be uh, really good at it not everyone can do it so uh, but it still uh, remain one of my favorite things to do to watch so I, I still do it in the summer when I can, uh, or if we have like any off days. But to be fair, in England when I was there, I had had a little problem. There wasn't that many public courts outside where you no, could go no. and just uh, play basketball. I had to like really Google them and find them. Yeah. Uh, where in Slovenia, like every village is going to have one, so you can just go wherever and just play it. So that's 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 a bit different uh, compared to home back here. And yeah, like you said, Luka Doncic is is amazing now for for being twenty years old and. Um, being in the first team All Star and Rookie of the Year, like fighting for the MVP, she's just he's doing some amazing stuff, um, like all time great stuff, I think. So uh, we're just happy that we have him. Certainly is what an incredible clearance because he's actually stepped off the post that he was marking. And it goes again. This time it's in. Aiden Flint. Swindon Town have rescued it. And Brentford are on the floor in their own backyard again. Before we move over to England, I want to talk about your international career because you've represented Slovenia at youth level all the way through really under 16 17s 19s and 21s playing against some pretty big teams uh, like France Portugal <coughs> England as well i mean my question is how much does playing for Slovenia mean to you i mean you've said that international wise it becomes a big it's a bigger deal by the sounds of it in Slovenia than domestic football obviously first of all it's it's a it's a big honor to to play for a country at any level but I, w- I would say it's a it's a big difference if you play for the first team national football or the younger obviously Slovenia is a very small country and um, I'm gonna put it that way that there's a lot of people that can um, impact the decision who's gonna play for the 
national team uh, just because bigger clubs are going to have like connections with the FA and the national team managers and they're going to say like you're going to have to take five or six of our players and uh, so there's sometimes there's someone who would deserve to play but they don't really play it, it's different when it gets to the first team because that's when the media they 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 they, they can like force the manager to say like he's playing in Serie A so why is not in the national team so then they have to choo- choose him but at a younger age um, sometimes it's a bit unfair uh, but it, it's it's a great honor and um, like, like you said right, we played some really big teams um, France England Mexico um, we nearly played Brazil in one tournament but they lost in the semi-finals against Mexico so uh, then we beat Mexico in the finals Germany Belgium yeah the biggest achievement was that we qualified for the Euros uh, with under 17s um, and we went to Bulgaria uh, we had Belgium, Germany and Czech Republic in the group so that was a really tough group because obviously Belgium and Germany are just two amazing sides and um, it's it's really nice to look back and then you can watch the team sheets the players you played against and then you can see where they are now so I know for example when we played England in my age group it was um, Reese Oxford uh, or uh, Willock from Arsenal who else uh, the, the silver from Chelsea so so I when obviously I, I, I went to play in England so I, I was like playing against them in the academy as well but for someone who stayed in Slovenia there's like quite a few big names that they can look back now and say yeah we played against them there and it's just yeah, it's it's really it's really fun to do that and um like I said earlier like we played against them but now you see the difference where they end up playing in the Premier League or Championship and our players like are playing in the Slovenian first division or somewhere like that. Uh, but back then we we were like beating them or playing one one all in England or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's a bit unfortunate that we can't keep up with the big teams. Um, but it is how it is, and um, yeah, it's it's a great honor to play for the national team for sure. I don't know how many games I had. Um, it's definitely a lot, but I'm still waiting for the for the first in call-up uh, and hopefully it's going to come soon uh, I'm going to keep working hard to achieve it and uh, that's I think that's the dream come true for every football player to play for, for your country one day so um, yeah. that's my goal to play for the first team national team Who else did you play against non-English wise? When we played Euros for Germany their captain was uh, at the time 17 and he was playing for Borussia Dortmund first team uh I think his last name was Pazlak and now he's in Holland first division. I think he's playing in a Sittard or somewhere. Somewhere where one of my teammates from Northampton, he he was from Brighton and then he got sold or he went on for free or something to, to this team and now I saw their teammates. Um, so I know him. And then there's a couple of really uh, big names from Portugal. I think uh, it might be even Renato Sanchez because I played for a year above uh, for some time and uh, he's 97 and um, he was playing, was it Benfica or Porto? I think it was Benfica for the first team and uh, their captain was also 97 so they both played against us and uh, for France there was a big name as well and uh, he, I think he just made a transfer to, to for like 20 million or something uh, but I keep forgetting all the names but yeah there was like a lot of really big players that are played against uh, at the youth international level. In the UK, when you play international football, you get a cap. Do you get a cap when you play for Slovenia? 
No, not really. Yeah. It's yeah. just every time you play a country, they give you like a small flag or something. Um, like a pennant. Yeah, like a pennant, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you exchange it with the opponent. That's and right, yeah. So you just keep all of them. Uh, I think I still have plenty at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's what we give to each other. And then you just have the memory of it. Okay, then. So how does a young Slovenian from the east of the country end up at Derby County? I mean, in, in football, it's mostly I know someone who knows someone and uh, they just say a good word for you or something like that. Um, so basically, I was playing for the national team. We went for a tournament in Russia. I think we finished third. And all the games were like online on YouTube. My agent just has a partner here in England and uh, we were looking to like they knew I wanted to go uh, out of Slovenia to go to England. Like England was my preferred destination. And um, they thought I'm good enough. So they just spoke to a few clubs. We have this uh, little kid. He's uh, playing for the national team uh, in Russia. They have a tournament. All the games are online if you want to watch it. So a couple of teams were watching that. And then um, they were interested. That's how I ended up in, in, in Derby. Derby was one of them. Um, so... Derby was basically the only club from Championship. I think it was Stoke as well. It was Celtic from Scotland um, and someone else. Um, but we we just said, you're going to go on a trial to, to Derby because they are in second division. So it should be a bit easier and you're going to see how you're going to do. If you're going to do great, like you can try the bigger team, like, I don't know, Stoke or Celtic or someone like that. But when I came to Derby, it was... Uh, pretty clear to me like how big of a club it is uh, I was fascinated about the training ground stadium and they really really had interest in me and uh, I was 16 at the time and they they said we're gonna put you with 21 straight away so that made a big difference to me because I wanted to play with all the players um, because for my age I was physically quite well built um, because I was like training individually a lot uh, so it's a, I think it's always a good thing if you play with older players because you just have uh, an advantage like compared to your age. Um, so when they said they're going to put me with 21s, and um, I even did a couple of training sessions with the first team back then. Um, it was Steve McLaren, the gaffer at the time. It just it was just clear to me that they really wanted me. Um, so I was supposed to stay there for a week. I went alone, 16 years old, to England. Uh, I was in a hotel. Uh, the driver would pick me up every morning, take me to the training ground. And then after a week, they were like, like we will really want you to stay another week, um, but we don't want you to be alone, so can you call your parents if someone can come over? So then my dad came for the second week, he was staying with me, and at the end, they were like, yeah, we, we just, we really want you, so would you would you stay at Derby? So I said, obviously I said yes, uh, and uh, that was it. Then I went back home for a couple of months, and um, then we signed a contract, and I moved over here like, permanently for four and a half years, it ended up, so... In those couple of months before signing, do you sort of wrap yourself in cotton wool? Because I'd be scared to death that I'd get injured. Or... That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, it, it, the the club here in Slovenia where I was, um, I didn't have a professional contract with them. So that that was a bit tricky as well. I had some problems with them because obviously they wanted, they knew that I'm going to go. So they, just, they were just trying to get as much money as they can. Um, so they offered me a deal. Uh, so then they can like demand the amount of money they want. Uh, but I said like I'm not gonna sign it. I'm gonna go for like free. Well, it's not really free because there's like a 
international some rule uh, under UEFA that they have to pay the club a certain amount. Um, uh, I didn't want to sign it. And then they were like, okay, but then we're going to put you back with the under-16s um, because at that point I was training with the first team. And um, they agreed with Derby that I'm not going to play any games because Derby didn't want me to get injured. Uh, but once Derby was not in Slovenia, when like, after a couple of weeks they were like trying to force me to play the games, and I was like, but we agreed that I'm not going to play games. So then I had a bit of a problem with them. Um, but at the end, it was all good. I didn't get injured. Um, they got quite a lot of money for me, and um, everyone was happy. So um, yeah, but it's always that uh, that the thought in your head like what if something tragic like, happens yeah. I don't know like someone breaks your leg or something I just got to move to England I need to be careful um, and um, to be fair like most of the people would, would be like that um, and they just have to understand it like it's not every other boy that gets a chance to move to England it's like maybe one of the thousands or, or something like that so um, yeah you just have to look at, uh, look after yourself um, and just wait until you move to England and then you can go full tilt and, uh, because you're already there. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. Uh, how did you find moving to the East Midlands so young and from like the village in Slovenia? How was your English when you moved over? Was it was it pretty good? Oh, I, I think it was good, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I could speak it back then as well uh, because just the school system in Slovenia is uh, like that, that you have to learn English and German Um because obviously no one speaks Slovenian, so <laughs> you have to learn it. It's no other way around it. And I, obviously with the media, like, I don't know, movies and music, um, it's always around you, so you just pick it up. Um, especially, like, the younger generations. I think everyone speaks English now, um, at least the basics. Um, it, it was a bit um, hard at the beginning with the accent, because I wasn't used to it. So I was like, what, what did you say? I didn't really understand it. But then after a while, you just, uh, you get used to it. And um, even I picked it up a little bit. Uh, because before it was more American English for us. Like with music and movies, it's just more America, not UK really. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Derby, it's, it's, it's a small city. It's a small, uh, it's not really big. Um, and where the training ground is, it's um, on the outskirts. So it's more... Um, like I don't know, it's not really town. Uh, so that 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 was good because I was used to living on on the outside of the town, not really in the city center. Uh, so I was used to it, and um, they put me up with the family, uh, like called Diggs, uh, and the family was really nice. Uh, so I stayed with them for like a couple of months. Uh, then I went back home to Slovenia for the summer, and uh, when I came back for the first like proper season and pre-season uh, they moved me to another family and I stayed there for the whole year uh, until I was 18 uh, because I couldn't really live on my own until I was 18 and um, I had really good time there with the family we, we are still friends uh, we stay in touch they they promised me they're going to come to Slovenia soon um, they had two little boys footballers so it was a lot of fun um, and it was like a family away from family um, um, so they really helped me settle in and then when I was 18 I moved on my own and um, you just have to grow up and do things for yourself uh, you're forced to so um, it, it's it's a def definitely a, 
adventure. It's it's yeah, not every kid does it, uh, but I did it, and uh, I would do it again. Uh, it, it was really nice uh, to to live on my own when I was eighteen, because just like like I said, like you grow up quicker, and uh, you see like what the real world is about. Uh, like you have to pay bills, you have to do that, you have to do groceries, cook for yourself, um, like. My brother is like 20 now or something, and he doesn't really know how to cook. Uh, it's just <laughs> funny to me. You know what I mean, uh, so um, I'm just happy that uh, I did it at an early age because I just became more independent, and um, yeah, it was good times, yeah. definitely. The step up in football was quite significant for you because Derby County played in a good academy setup. You play against players like Scott McTominay, Reese Nelson, Jeff Rain Adelaide, Harry Wilson and Joe Gomez at Liverpool, Ethan Ampadu, Callum Hudson Adoy, Swindon Town, future Swindon Town player Kyle Noyle. You captain Derby at times, you score plenty of goals, lots of assists. Statistically, from my research, it looks like you had a really good time in those under twenty one leagues. Yeah, yeah. Um like I said, like I was quite um, young. I, I, I was still uh, under 18, but I played for the uh, older team. And we played in Premier League 2 at the beginning. Um, and then we won that league. And now the Derby Academy is in the Premier League 1. And they're playing Man City, like even the bigger teams that we did. Yeah, uh, Academy football is it's really good at Derby. I think the coaching staff is amazing. And like I said, the facilities are unbelievable um, from gyms to pitches to sports halls to whatever you want um, for the recovery pools, like jacuzzis. It's all there. So uh, whatever you need, there's no excuse to not be better than you were yesterday uh, as long as you have the will and um, you want you want to do it. Uh, so when I moved over here, it was just a um, different world to me. And uh, I, I didn't really have much to do outside of football because my family was not here my friends were not here so I would just do extras do gym in the afternoons or whatever yeah we played against some big teams like you said big names um, Zuma for example uh, Tammy Abraham uh, they play now in the Premier League for the first team at Chelsea and they're doing amazing um, Jack Grealish I remember that at Villa Park um, we played Aston Villa and he was playing and then academy football like under 23s now uh, it's it's good because they can put some first team players in as well uh, so when they come back from the injuries um, they can play for 23s so there was some big names like Jack Wilshire for Arsenal when he was coming back from the injury and uh, Coquelin for Liverpool, I think uh, Sissoko, the the centre half, played once. Uh, Mamadou Sako, wasn't it? Sako, yeah, not Sissoko. Sako, yeah, him. Um, so you, you get like experience, like playing against big players at an early age, and uh, you can compare yourself to them. Uh, like even though they they don't really take it serious, because for them it's just like a training game. They're coming back from the injury, but still, like you can see the level they're at and how you can compare yourself to them. Um, so you just grow as a player, uh, you gain experiences and stuff like that. So, but then after a while, like play two years with them, you get stuck. So if if I would stay, like still play for twenty threes, I wouldn't really improve. And um, the coaching staff they saw that as well, and they that's when they were like, would you would you think about the loan? Like go play first in football because we think this twenty threes football it's a bit different. Like it's more technical. It's about learning the game uh, it's not that much about the result and it's not that much about physicality and you learn that when you go out on loan and play the first in football so they 
they said like would you do it and obviously you want to uh, get the experience of that and I said yes and um, we played uh, Swindon in pre-season and uh, we beat your first team I think 4-0 or something like that and uh, I've played really well and um, Flickers saw me there and um, then Swindon was like we would take you on loan and um, I said yeah uh, so I ended up in Swindon and that's when my first team career started and uh, it, it was it, Pretty good. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to Swindon in just a moment because I don't think you should downplay the fact that as such a young footballer, you did play for Derby County in the Cups, didn't you? You played alongside, yeah. as you said, Darren Bent. You played against, <laughs> alongside Chris Martin, who used to play for Swindon, Tom Ince, Will Hughes. You played against players like Firmino and Coutinho. And so, you know, because you played against Liverpool in the Cup, didn't you? So yeah. to be so young... And to be so highly thought of and to manage to get those minutes, it must be an amazing moment for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was training with the first in quite a lot, basically every, every day mm -hmm. at a, a certain point. And um, like you said, like training with all these big names like Will Hughes, Jeff Henrik, Cyrus Christie, they, they all ended up playing in the Premier League uh, in and around it, like Tom Inns, uh, Darren Bent, uh, I don't know, a lot of good, really good players. Yeah, you just train with them every day. You're in around the team. Um, and you always like compare yourself. Like you're thinking like, what what do I have to do to get minutes and this and that. Uh, but with Derby, it was it was a bit of a difficult situation because obviously they they wanted the promotion so bad, um, and you can't really blame the owner for it. Yeah. He he invested a lot of money in the team, and uh, he wanted to get to the Premier League. So then, when the results were not going. Um, they would just change the manager. So uh, I was there for about four years and I think it was like eight or nine different first-team managers in that period. So every time a different manager would come in, he had different uh, ideas about the team. Like He wanted different players, so they would give him a bit of money. He would make two, three signings and then after a while, like you get a lot of good players on big wages. Um, so it wasn't really a lot of room for the youngsters uh, to, to get through. Um, just because of the the amount of players we had, um, Nigel Pearson was the one that really uh, wanted to put me in. He gave me my debut uh, in the cup against Carlisle. He went to penalties. Um, it was the famous penalty shootout. It, uh, I had to take two actually, uh, scored both. So then we went into the next round and uh, we got Liverpool. He told me the day before that I'm going to get some minutes in that, and um, I did. And uh, that that was the the highlight of my football career so far just because of playing against Firmino and Coutinho and all them big names like Henderson uh, there was quite a few that are still playing in the this Liverpool side now and they're doing amazing like, they haven't been um, beaten I don't know for how long so um, that that was a, a special night for me um, like like I said like you, you play against a few of these kind of players in 23s that when they come back from the injuries but when we played him in the cup and the whole team was like like Premier League stars, that's that's when he got real. And um, the 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 thing I found about myself was that I wasn't nervous. I was thinking about I'm gonna be nervous when I get in. Uh, but once you step up on the pitch, like, it doesn't really matter how many people are watching because you just focus on the ball. You focus on the players where you have to be. So you just kind of forget about everything else and you just get caught up in the game. Um, so that that was a really special night for me and my my parents and my girlfriend were there, so they witnessed it. And um, and then uh, I was really close to get some uh, 
league minutes as well. Um, but after a couple of games, uh, Nigel Pearson was sacked, and um, that's where it all changed. Like new manager, it's all the same for everyone. You have to impress the new gaffer now. So um, he, he doesn't care if you were like close to the team before, and um, if if he's got different ideas than the one before, he might prefer someone else. And then after half a year, it was another one again and again and again. It was just like the ongoing story, like Gary Rabbit. Paul Clement, Nigel Pearson, Steve McLaren came back. Uh, then it was Darren Wasser from 23. It was just a bit difficult for a for a youngster to uh, to break in. Um, but now it's all different in Derby. Um, this year they they've played so many young players, and uh, I'm really happy for them. They they all got a chance, um, and they're proving that young players, if given chance, they can do the job for the big team um, because they they have qualities and. Um, I think we have we had qualities before as well. It was just not the right time for us to uh, to get a chance. So it was a bit of uh, unfortunate, but that's how it is in football. It's sure. it's it's a cruel game. It's business. <laughs> it's it's everyone for themselves. So uh, everyone's got a different path. Uh, but as long as you do your best, I think um, if you if you if you're a quality player, you just you're gonna break through at one point or another. So. You just have to keep working, and um, it's it's all just a big, big um, learning curve. And uh, I've learned a lot from all the different men. Like maybe that was a bad thing that there were so many different managers, but I learned different things from each one of them. So that's a positive as well. So you just have to take what you, you you're given. So that's how I look at it. And of course, one of those current youngsters coming through you played yeah. with for a little bit is Jaden Bogle who yeah. is from Swindon obviously or used to play for Swindon I should say yeah yeah uh, he's a he's my mate um, we used to play FIFA and all them sorts together when we were in Portugal for, for pre-season with uh, Frank Lampard and um, his career really took off from there um, to, to be given like the minutes and trust from from a manager like new manager Frank Lampard uh, he was just just the player like a couple of years ago, and he's such a big name. And then he comes to Derby County, and he puts his trust in you for for Jaden Bogle. That, that was amazing, and um, he he's done brilliant ever since. Uh, like he's been a regular in the team, and um, fully deserved to. So I'm really really happy for him. Um, I think he's got a great career ahead of him. I'm just I was fascinated, like because obviously being fullback, it's it's both sides of the game. It's not just offense; it's defense as well. So, for for a youngster to 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 cope with that in championship, especially, I think it's a bit harder than um, Premier League. Like, if, if you're technically really good, I think some players they they can play in Premier League easier. But championship is just it's a different ball game. It's so like physical. You're gonna have teams that are just gonna keep like knocking the balls in the air so you, I think it's a bit of a different challenge and uh, he's done really well with it and um, I'm, I'm really happy for him here's Rooney with the layoff Williams looking for the early cross he's come in step to uh, oh it's a superb goal by Luongo Swindon take the lead another ball for Brentford after their devastation of just a week ago we talked about a team finding a piece of real quality. We've just seen it for Massimo Luongo. The touch of quality we needed. It's a stunning opening goal. You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. 
Let's talk about Swindon then. So, as you quite rightly pointed out, that Swindon played Derby County under 23s in a behind closed doors game in the summer of 2017. And. Clearly impressed, and so did your teammate Kellen Gordon, because David Flickcroft, our new manager at the time, brought you both to the club in late August. Does it help if you go out on loan? Do you think with with a teammate? Uh, yeah, I think especially the first few weeks, uh, it's a bit easier because you have a familiar face and there's someone that you know, so it's a bit easier to sell in. So it does, yeah. Uh, but I lived with him for for the whole year uh, together in an apartment. And um, sometimes you just want a bit of a, your own space. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I was just used to living on my own. So it was a bit of a different, different challenge when I was living with, with him uh, for the whole year. Uh, but, yeah, um, for I mean, we were like 18 or something like that back then. Um, yeah, going to the first team, like different change room, Um it's it's good to have someone there that you know. Mm. Um, so I was uh, quite happy that he went with me, and um, he's now at Mansfield. Uh, if you think about it, like I was there. Uh, so um, yeah, it's all good memories. So Swindon was a really good, nice place for me. Um, and like you said, Flick Flickroff was uh, the manager at the time. Um, I remember the first day when we got there, he asked us like. What are you going to say about yourself as a football player? What's your qualities? And we would say different things. And I don't know, I would say I can cover a lot of ground, like do 11, 12K in, in the game. And he was like, yeah, but are you doing it at a high speed? Or like, what are you doing with the kilometres you run? It's just not the running for the sake of running. It's what you do with it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I didn't really think about it like that. So that's when you see that the difference between the academy football and the first in football, it's a... Uh, it's all about the results. Uh, it's 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 a job. People get paid to win games, and it's not just to to play around, pass it around. If you make a mistake, no one really cares. Like in academy football, uh, here is like proper proper football, men's football, and um, it's it's a different challenge. Uh, but I think we got used to it. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's after you play for the first team on loan, for example, when you go back to the academy, you. It gets boring for you in the academy because you miss that um, difference, uh, com- like when you compare the academy football and the first in football, yeah. Um, yeah. and the crowds as well. Like Swindon, for example, we had a really high attendance, so <clears throat> it just carries you when when the crowds behind you when they shout and when they sing. You all, it's all little bits um, of becoming a professional footballer when you go out and loan and. Um, I I couldn't think of a better place in, uh, than Swindon for me. I, I was really happy with my time there. Um, I enjoyed it. We had a good team. Just the the end was not great. Uh, that's that's a bit of an unfortunate uh, when they changed the manager and um, Phil Brown came in. I didn't play as much um, and I had some injuries as well. So um, there's always, like I said, good and bad things, um, and you just have to learn from them. So yeah, I mean. David yeah. Flickcroft, I mean, you may not know this, but David Flickcroft, I think it wouldn't be unfair to say, isn't the most popular manager in Swindon Town history. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> How did you find him? He's a special character. Uh, <laughs> he's funny. He wants good for the team, for the players. He cares about them, especially me. He really took me under his wing. Um, I was like his son, uh 
in in some yeah I could say that like he he said it to me a couple of times as well um, and he really looked after me so I, I really enjoyed working with him obviously I went to Mansfield with him as well and um, now he's assistant in Bolton and I was there for a couple of weeks as well with him um, so we still stay in touch like he's messaging me calling me how you doing and stuff like that so I know he's not popular with Swindon uh, I know that when we came back uh, with Mansfield uh, he was booed um, even I got some boos from oh. Swindon fans uh, and obviously I understand it uh, it's uh, they just take pride in being the Swindon fans uh, but I have to say that I love the club I still keep up with the results with the scores uh, you've been doing brilliant this season I really hope that they go up uh, just because the way the club is running, I think they deserve to be higher than League Two. Um, stadium is amazing; fans deserve it. And um, like back in the day, they were they were massive. So um, I just wish them all the best. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good uh, part of my career, Swindon Town. Yeah, um, I was pretty sad on the last day in the summer when the season finished, um, but. Like I said, that's football. Yeah, so, I mean, the season was a, was, a, was an odd one, wasn't it? Because, I mean, your first two games for Swindon encapsulate, really sum up what that season was like because you make your debut in that horrible game against Barnet where we lose 4-1, but in the next game, we go to the best team in the division, Luton, and beat them 3-0. It just seemed to be that sort of season for Swindon, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I remember that debut. It was... Uh... Shocking, because I, I think we actually started pretty well. Like first ten minutes, we were doing well, and then I, I didn't know what was going on. Like we just fell apart, and then we were beat so bad. And I was like, oh my god! Like all these fans, like this is their first impression of me. Like what are we doing here? Um, so <laughs> it was a bit interesting. And then the next day, uh, the gaffer pulled me over. He was like, how do you think you did? And I was like, I, I don't know. I think I did. Okay, even though we lost, you're like, yeah, yeah, you did, you did right. Uh, it's just the team we didn't do that and that, so that's why we lost. Um, that's how it's different to academy football. And he was like trying to explain to me the things, like just keep your head up, don't go down. And then, like you said, the next game it's a complete opposite. Um, but yeah, I think in in England, like League Two, League One, League uh, and Championship, um, it's just so many games, and I think it's just who is the most consistent that gets the promotion at the end. You can't have uh, all these ups and downs. Um, you just have to like when you lose and get the draw. When you draw and get the wins, it's just being the consistent every week. Not just every week because obviously you have Saturday, Tuesday, like most of the time. Um, so it's also about the squad. There's going to be injuries because there's so many games, and uh, who can stay fit, who can played the most games so it's it's uh, it's hard to get promoted from these leagues I think um, just so many games and it's so physical and all that so uh, there's also a bit of luck you need so it's it, it was an odd season yeah but it, it was a good one for me I, I mean I, I was quite happy with it I, I've, I've missed too many games because of the injuries and that, that was a bit of unfortunate um, thing but <clears throat> That's another learning curve, like what you need, because when you're 18, like you think you're ready, but then when you play so many games, you, you see that the body starts giving up uh, because you're just not used to like all the all the games, like all the traveling, all the Saturday, Tuesdays that you have to do, and there's not really much time to to recover. Yeah. And um, 
that's when you start appreciating like the old heads like Matty Taylor when they just play every week for like so many years and they keep going um like it's just amazing to see that someone can do it and um then you start like asking them like how do you do how do you look after yourself and uh, you just have to learn it there's no other way around it um to to become like them uh, to become a proper pro that can like play full season with no problem and play on a high level and be consistent um so that that was my first season of professional football here yeah, with Swindon uh, it was it was an interesting one um but like i said good memories i made some really good friends and um for the most part fans would like really really good and uh, i still have a lot of followers from Swindon and uh, i see their messages and <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's nice it's who, nice who were that. your closest friends during your Swindon career cuz there was a lot of lower league experienced players like you said of course Matt Taylor hundreds of games in the Premier League you know not just lower league and uh, yeah. lots of experience but who were your closest friends there obviously Callum Gordon coming from Derby with me um, and then Matt Taylor he um, he was like the experienced one who took the youngest uh, under his wing and like give us the tips and uh, how they have to do things uh, so him uh, then Cash Anderson and um, Rich Charles Cook we were like hanging out together uh, back then Amin Linganzi he was a nice guy Dion Conroy as well Paul Mullen um, Luke Norris um, I, I think we had a quite a decent team I think we could do uh, good things if, yeah. if if there would just be a little little things that we would change um, so it, it's yeah. a bit of uh, I, I wish that we would get the playoffs that year and <laughs> fight for the promotion because that's what you that's what you want to do and um, do you think if if Flickcroft stayed do you think we would have made the playoffs uh, I, I don't know it's it's tough to say that um, but I mean I would like to say yes I think we would um, because with him being replaced we didn't so might as well try it with he if he would stay uh but like i said like it's just about who's being consistent you need a bit of luck and that and that so I mean, it's tough it's tough my memory of you especially early on is you were this very exciting you're this very exciting midfielder with a cool name and you always seem to be so close to scoring a great goal and then <laughs> when you did get your first goals at dartford you went off injured after scoring two and it just that's sort of again it's all about summaries of your career at Swindon in one micro moment and yeah you just sort of, you finally got your goals you looked amazing and then injured but you know time is short for this episode and I'm not going to let you go without talking about the crew game which was pretty much your defining moment uh goals wise that was an absolutely incredible game at home to crew if you remember yeah, yeah, I came on at half time and we turned it around and scored yeah. two. And um, yeah, it was after that game as well. Uh, Flickcroft in the change room, he was like, You're like Rolls Royce, like you care of yourself. You came in, you bossed the game, <laughs> and everyone started laughing. Yeah, like you said, like injuries, uh, it's it's not it's not great. Um, it's you can't really control it if, if it happens. Like sometimes the other person is going to hit you and you get injured, or the muscle is going to pull or something um like but like i said like you have to get used to it so you you prevent things you have to do everything right like eat eat right drink right uh sleep right so you just prevent it um but yeah like you said i'm i know like i had spells when i was like playing really well and then i would get injured and a couple of weeks out of the team 
and then you just have to get time to get back in the rhythm and then start scoring again and then another injury happened it's just um, it was up and down um, I had a really bad hamstring injury uh, it was like 11 centimeters there that took me out from for like two months or three months um, that and it took me a while to get back uh, in the form after that one um, so were these new injuries for you or did you encounter injuries when you were at Derby um, no these this was like pretty new. Um, I, I didn't really have them playing for 23s just because the what they ask from you, it's not the same than when you play for the first team. Um, it's just it's a bit different. And like I said, more games, a lot more games, um, a lot more traveling. Um, and you just have to get used to it. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I'm thinking back and I'm thinking like, what would be if I wouldn't get injured, if I would just keep playing regularly, like how many goals could I get? Um, and yeah, that crew game that that was a that was a <laughs> that was a special one, wasn't it? it was a good one. Uh, every year, I get reminded of Twitter when they just bring back the videos and fans start replying again and uh, <laughs> saying <laughs> how nerve wracking it was. So uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's something about crew because like even when I was in Mansfield, we played them and I scored two again. Uh, so <laughs> I had like four goals in two games against them. So yeah, I don't know what it is with crew, but I just keep scoring against them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess every player has an opponent, opponent like that when they just keep scoring against them. So I guess crew is mine. So hopefully I'm still I'm gonna play them at least one once more in my career. That's <laughs> Cashy Anderson. Five additional minutes. Mullen. It's Matela. After Swindon, as you said, you, you link up with Flitcroft again um, at Mansfield and then you have Northampton. But again, because you played the majority of your football in England with Swindon, games-wise, only by yeah. one. Um, you have a sort of similar season at Mansfield, don't you? And then what happened at Northampton? Well, first of all, I was supposed to stay uh, at Mansfield for the whole season. Uh, it was a season-long loan uh, and... Um, Derby just had a recall option in January mm. and um, they knew my contract is going to end up in the summer and I'm going to be able to leave for free. They didn't want to offer me a new one and um, they just tried to force Mansfield to, to, to buy me in January and um, Mansfield was like, hold up, he was supposed to be on loan for the whole season. Um, why would we pay for him now? Like We can get him for free in the summer. So then they had a little disagreement and Derby was basically saying okay we're just going to bring him back then and um, they called me back to 23s I was training with them for the whole of January and um, they saw that no one's going to buy me because I'm going to be for free in the summer in five months um, so they were like okay we, we're basically losing money now because we have to cover your wage so we're just going to let you back out on loan and it was only like a day or two left in the transfer window and um, we ended up with Northampton, um, I went there. Like the manager at the beginning was really good with me, um, gave me a couple of games and this and that. Um, it was just I I don't I don't really know. It's it's such a complicated thing. Uh, it's 
I'm not gonna blame the the manager, but um, if if you would go and speak with him, like saying asking him what I have to do to get in the team, uh, he would say, "No, nah, you're doing everything great. Uh, I still have plans for you and this and that. I'm gonna play you." And then the team she comes in and you're not playing, and you're asking like, "What's going on?" And then it, it was just a bit of a bit of a mess. And um, uh, I would say the manager lost the changing room a little bit it was like staff and be players for some time uh, it just wasn't the good uh, environment to be in um, like especially from a, from a young player coming on loan um, into that kind of changing room it was it was it was different like compared to what I had at Swindon and Mansfield so I didn't know how to deal with it and um he would say to me like Thursday when you came in you were like positive like shaking everyone's hand I'm teaming like confident and uh, this is how I need you but then when things went off like you didn't stand up you didn't speak up and I said to him yeah but I just came here I'm 20 years old or 19 I don't really know them I just I just came from Derby I, I can't I, I don't have I don't think I have a say because obviously they're all like 10 12 years older than me so if I stand up and you're arguing and say something, they're just gonna be like, "Just you, just shut up." <laughs> so uh, that, it was a it was a different different experience, um, and it, it wasn't just with me. I think like all the players that were on loan, we didn't really get much playing time, and um, it was it was a different team every week they played. Uh, we didn't really have a consistent team that they would stick stick with. And I think we were too worried about the opponents and not about our play style. So, like for example, when we played Lincoln and they were top of the table, we would play like seven defenders out of the ten players, just because they were like the top team, and we we just defended. So we didn't really care about the way we're gonna play. We just wanted to stop them from scoring. So we're just gonna put seven defenders in the team. That's that's how it was. Um, but like I said, another example when you just have to take the positives and learn from it and um uh, it's football uh, it is how it is um it went by quick so um obviously then it was summer and um now we're here now we're here um yeah yeah and, and as you said you were released by derby last summer and then there was a big gap between you leaving Derby and then joining your current club. And forgive me if I pronounce it incorrectly, but it's Olympia as far as yeah. I'm going to call it. So what happened in that in-between? And, and how worried were you about your career at that moment? Um, I'm going to put it that way. Um, obviously, in the summer, I came back home to Slovenia and I had offers from League Two teams Um but I've played that league for two years now and I was like, I really want to give myself a chance in League One, for example, uh, and see how I do. Or I, I wouldn't mind going into a, a club that's lower on the table in championship like because obviously Derby is massive. But I knew like some other teams, they don't have such great academies in the championship. If 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 I would like sign with them, I would probably be like one of their best youngsters and I would have a better chance to, to break in the first team. But they just couldn't couldn't sort me out with a club that I thought would be good for me, and I just I refused to go to to a League Two team for this and that reason. Like obviously I came off from the Northampton experience, so that was a bit uh, that played a played a part in it. And I, I think in Europe in general, 
Premier League and Championship, they they know like even Championship, they they, they don't really understand the the level of football they play in the Championship. But then when you go League One, League Two, they have absolutely no idea. Like people from Slovenia, they would be asking my brother, like, is that even a professional football? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, in most of the countries, it's only like the first division that they play professionally. Like everything else is more like amateur or like se- semi-pro. So when they hear like fourth division in England, they they don't really know that it's still like six, seven thousand people watching. It's on telly. Like the players, they they're on good wages. It's it's a it's a proper football. So I I wanted to like make a step up in in my career, and um, then we were thinking like just maybe we could try something in Belgium or Holland because I think for a young player that's uh, that would suit me and my playing style, and um, they were like being talks with so many different teams, and um, they all when they watched the tape they were like yeah he's he's really good he's interesting like we would like to have him on trial or give him a chance. But then when they check it and they see it's League Two and they have to go to like I don't know Sports Direct and say we would like to bring in the player from the fourth division in England, it's like a block. It's like a red card. They think, oh wait a minute, he's playing in the fourth division. So it was it was something like that, and I I didn't really know if I'm gonna get a get a club or not, and um, I was just hoping it was gonna, but. I also refused to come back to Slovenia. That was like the last option because I still wanted to play abroad. So, and it was like so many different clubs and I was like, I was 100% and one of them is going to go through. Uh, but then it just didn't end up. And um, we just said, just, I don't know, um, do you want to go back to Slovenia? And um, I said, well, if, if if nothing came up in the summer, then I don't, I don't think now in January and December it's going to come up after I've been out for half a year. Like if they didn't take me before, they're not going to take me now. Um, so, I'm, so I've decided I'm going to come back to Slovenia, play in the first division. Um, and luckily I signed for, for the best team at the moment now. They're on uh, top of the table. Um, so I hope we're going to win the league. And um, then you have Europe qualifiers for like Europa League and Champions League and if you do well there like your name gets thrown around and um, it's it's hard for me to compare the, like the first division here and League 2 um, but I think like most of the teams in Slovenian division they would struggle in League 2 just because of the amount of games and all that and how physical it is um, but then when you go to like a Belgian team they're going to buy someone from the first Slovenian division before they're gonna buy someone from the fourth division in England, just because it's the it's the, it's the top tier yeah, in Slovenia. This is the fourth tier, so it's just it's it's a bit cruel and it's not fair. Uh, but to be fair, like most of the English players, they don't really uh, go out. Of, they don't really go out of England, so they don't, they don't have to deal with it. But for me, it was a it was a, a tough situation, and um, the ones that do, they normally go from from Premier League sites on loan to like German or uh, Holland team. Uh, but I wasn't really from from a Premier League club or something like that. Uh, so, and um, Derby didn't really help me with that as well. It was all um, my agents and managers that were like trying to sort it out for me. Um, but yeah, that's how it was. So I was uh, half a season without a club, um, but. Um, I took care of myself. I was training twice a week. I was probably training more than I was training before um, just because I wanted to stay in shape and I was like free agent. So you never know when uh, the offer is going to come uh, because they can sign you anytime. So um, 
I really put in the effort, put in the work, uh, just to be ready when it comes. Um, it didn't end up like that. I still had to wait till December or January, uh, but. Uh, then I finally signed here. So now I'm just trying to get back in the rhythm, get back uh, with the team. To be fair, in, in between, uh, Flickroft called me from uh, Bolton and they were saying, what are you doing now? Have you signed anyway? I was like, no. And then they offered me to, to, to go there. So I was in Bolton for like three weeks altogether. It was a bit unfortunate as well. I went there, I was there for a week and, um, and then I got my ankle injured and it was pretty bad. Uh, so I had to go back to Slovenia and I, it took me like five, six weeks to, to get it sorted. And then after that, I went back to Bolton for another two weeks. Uh, that was it. Uh, so now I'm here, uh, signed for Olympia. Uh, it's a top club in Slovenia. We want to win the league and uh, just, just go from there. I'm just happy I'm back to playing football and uh, it's exciting. Uh, I'm back home, uh, and I think uh, this uh, this team is the most similar one to English style uh, out of anyone. Um, like the current owner, he I think he owned Leicester before the Asian guys from King Power took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got uh, quite a few connections with England as well. So when he heard about me, he really wanted me uh, in the club because he knows what English football means, how it is, and. Uh, he said, "I'm going to be a good addition to the team." Um, so, is that, is that Milan Mandaric then? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that, well, that's amazing, and and I hope, and I hope you're enjoying your football. I mean, it's one thing to be happy to be playing again, but I hope you're enjoying playing football as well because you're only 21 years old, aren't you? So there's still yeah. a whole career left to play and and opportunities that that will come up because I guess. Because you did so much early on, it can get frustrating, can't it? But but you're still so young. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I, my my goal is still the same. Like I said, when I moved uh, out of Slovenia, like England was my preferred destination. So I still want to play uh, serious football in England, and that's either in Premier League or Championship. And um, I was just thinking, it's gonna be easier for me if I go out of the UK, play. I don't know, for example, in Slovenia now, a good year, then get sold to, I don't know, Belgium or something like that, play a good year there. I think I have a better chance that Premier League or Championship side would buy me from there than stay in League 2 and just have to like battle through the tiers up to the Championship because I think that's that's really hard. And then I would be, I don't know, 26, 27, maybe playing in Championship. Where now, and it, and like I said, like for the national team as well, if I would stay in League 2, it's the fourth tier, they're never going to call me for the national team. But if I play here in the top tier in Olympia and I'm doing well, they're going to call me up. That's how they look at it because they don't really know the level that it's played in um, English uh, lower leagues. So it's not, not lower leagues, that's, that's what they call it here, but it's still the top four tiers in English is professional. So... I don't know. Like you said, I'm young. I have the whole career ahead of me. Um, I'm still confident. I know I'm a good player uh, and I know I'm dedicated. I really like working hard. Uh, so I'm not worried about me. I'm just going to enjoy my football and then the results are going to keep coming in. That's why I believe. And um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. This has been a, a fantastic chat and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to your career to date, so I'm going to just leave with one final question, and it goes back to Swindon Town. And okay. That question is very simple. What are your favourite memories of playing for Swindon Town? Uh, favourite memory? Um, I would say it has to be the crew game. When I came on and scored two goals and then we won that game, that, that was probably my favourite moment. Uh, and it was uh, 
the first goal with the right foot as well with the top man. I was I was I surprised myself with that one. So that was uh, probably my favourite moment of uh, Swindon Town career. That game there, yeah, hundred percent. Fantastic, Timmy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. The Low Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon! It's a grand old team to play for And it's a grand old team to see Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.